This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Corey Samuel, February 2007. The Junior Classics, Volume 1 by William Patton, Chapter 32 Ashypattle and His Goodly Crew by P. C. Asbjörnsen. Once upon a time there was a king, and this king had heard about a ship which went just as fast by land as by water, and as he wished to have one like it, he promised his daughter and half the kingdom to any one who could build one for him, and this was given out at every church all over the country. There were many who tried, as you can imagine, for they thought it would be a nice thing to have half the kingdom, and the princess wouldn't be a bad thing into the bargain. But they all fared badly. Now there were three brothers, who lived far away on the borders of a forest. The eldest was called Peter, the second Paul, and the youngest Espen Ashypattle, because he always sat in the hearth raking and digging in the ashes. It so happened that Ashypattle was at church on the Sunday when the proclamation about the ship which the king wanted was read. When he came home and told his family, Peter, the eldest, asked his mother to get some food ready for him, for now he was going away to try if he could build the ship and win the princess and half the kingdom. When the bag was ready he set out. On the way he met an old man, who was very crooked and decrepit. "'Where are you going?' said the man. "'I'm going into the forest to make a trough for my father. He doesn't like to eat at table in our company,' said Peter. "'Trough it shall be,' said the man. "'What have you got in that bag of yours?' he added. "'Stones,' said Peter. "'Stones it shall be,' said the man. Peter then went into the forest, and began to cut and chop away at the trees, and work away as hard as he could, but in spite of all his cutting and chopping he could only turn out troughs. Towards dinner-time he wanted something to eat, and opened his bag, but there was not a crumb of food in it. As he had nothing to live upon, and as he did not turn out anything but troughs, he became tired of the work took his axe and bag on his shoulder, and went home to his mother. Paul then wanted to set out to try his luck at building the ship and winning the princess and half the kingdom. He asked his mother for provisions, and when the bag was ready he threw it over his shoulder and went on his way to the forest. On the road he met the old man, who was very crooked and decrepit. "'Where are you going?' said the man. "'I'm going into the forest to make a trough for our sucking-pig,' said Paul. "'Pig trough it shall be,' said the man. "'What have you got in that bag of yours?' added the man. "'Stones,' said Paul. "'Stones it shall be,' said the man. Paul then began felling trees, and working away as hard as he could, but no matter how he cut and how he worked, he could only turn out pig troughs. He did not give in, however, but worked away 
till far into the afternoon before he thought of taking any food. Then all at once he became hungry, and opened his bag, but not a crumb could he find. Paul became so angry, he turned the bag inside out and struck it against the stump of a tree. Then he took his axe, went out of the forest, and set off homeward. As soon as Paul returned, Ashypattle wanted to set out, and asked his mother for a bag of food. "'Perhaps I can manage to build the ship, and win the princess, and half the kingdom,' said he. "'Well, I never heard the like,' said his mother. "'Are you likely to win the princess, you who never do anything but root and dig in the ashes? "'No, you shan't have any bag with food.' Ashypattle did not give in, however, but he prayed and begged till he got leave to go. He did not get any food, not he, but he stole a couple of oatmeal cakes and some flat beer and set out. When he had walked a while he met the same old man, who was so crooked and tattered and decrepit. "'Where are you going?' said the man. "'Oh, I was going into the forest to try if it were possible to build a ship which can go as fast by land as by water.' said Ashypattle, for the king has given out that any one who can build such a ship shall have the princess and half the kingdom. "'What have you got in that bag of yours?' said the man. "'Not much worth talking about. There ought to be a little food in it,' answered Ashypattle. "'If you'll give me a little of it, I'll help you,' said the man. "'With all my heart,' said Ashypattle, "'but there is nothing but some oatmeal cakes and a drop of flat beer.' It didn't matter what it was, the man said. If he only got some of it, he would be sure to help Ashypattle. When they came up to an old oak in the wood, the man said to the lad, Now you must cut off a chip, then put it back again in exactly the same place, and when you have done that, you can lie down and go to sleep. Ashypattle did as he was told, and then lay down to sleep, and in his sleep, he thought he heard somebody cutting, and hammering, and sawing, and carpentering, but he could not wake up till the man called him. Then the ship stood quite finished by the side of the oak. "'Now you must go on board, and every one you meet you must take with you,' said the man. Espen Ashypattle thanked him for the ship, said he would do so, then sailed away. When he had sailed some distance, he came to a long, thin tramp, who was lying near some rocks, eating stones. "'What sort of fellow are you, that you lie there eating stones?' asked Ashypattle. The tramp said he was so fond of meat he could never get enough, therefore he was obliged to eat stones, and then he asked if he might go with him in the ship. "'If you want to go with us, you must make haste and get on board,' said Ashypattle. "'Yes, that he would, but he must take with him some large stones for food.' When they had sailed some distance, they met one who was lying on the side of a sunny hill, sucking at a bung. "'Who are you?' said Ashypattle. "'And what is the good of lying there sucking that bung?' "'Oh, when one hasn't got the barrel!' "'One must be satisfied with the bung,' said the man. "'I'm always so thirsty. I can never get enough beer and wine.' And then he asked for leave to go with him in the ship. 
"'If you want to go with me, you must make haste and get on board,' said Ashypattle. "'Yes, that he would, and so he went on board, and took the bung with him to allay his thirst. When they had sailed a while again, they met one who was lying with his ear to the ground, listening. "'Who are you, and what is the good of lying there on the ground, listening?' said Ashypattle. "'I'm listening to the grass, for I have such good ears that I can hear the grass growing,' said the man. And then he asked leave to go with him in the ship. Ashypattle could not say nay to that, so he said, "'If you want to go with me, you must make haste and get on board.' Yes, the man would, and he also went on board. When they had sailed some distance, they came to one who was standing, taking aim with a gun. "'Who are you? And what is the good of standing there aiming like that?' asked Ashypattle. So the man said, "'I have such good eyes that I can hit anything, right to the end of the world.' And then he asked for leave to go with him in the ship. "'If you want to go with me, you must make haste and get on board,' said Ashypattle. Yes, that he would, and he went on board. When they had sailed some distance again, they came to one who was hopping and limping about on one leg, and on the other he had seven ton weights. "'Who are you?' said Ashypattle. "'And what is the good of hopping and limping about on one leg with seven ton weights on the other?' "'I am so light,' said the man, "'that if I walked on both my legs, I should get to the end of the world in less than five minutes. And then he asked for leave to go with him in the ship. If you want to go with us, you must make haste and get on board, said Ashypattle. Yes, that he would. And so he joined Ashypattle and his crew on the ship. When they had sailed on some distance, they met one who was standing, holding his hand to his mouth. Who are you? said Ashypattle. "'And what is the good of standing there holding your mouth like that?' "'Oh, I have seven summers and fifteen winters in my body,' said the man. "'So I think I ought to keep my mouth shut, "'for if they get out all at the same time, "'they would finish off the world altogether.' "'And then he asked for leave to go with him in the ship. "'If you want to go with us, you must make haste and get on board,' said Ashypattle. "'Yes.' That he would, and then he joined the others on the ship. When they had sailed a long time, they came to the king's palace. Ashypattle went straight in to the king, and said the ship stood ready in the courtyard outside, and now he wanted the princess, as the king had promised. The king did not like this very much, for Ashypattle did not cut a very fine figure. He was black and sooty and the king did not care to give his daughter to such a tramp, so he told Ashypattle that he would have to wait a little. "'But you can have her all the same, if by this time to-morrow you can empty my storehouse of three hundred barrels of meat,' said the king. "'I suppose I must try,' said Ashypattle. "'But perhaps you don't mind my taking one of my crew with me?' "'Yes, you can do that, and take all six if you like.' said the king, for he was quite sure that even if Ashypattle took six hundred with him, it would be impossible. So Ashypattle took with him the one who ate stones and always hungered after meat. 
When they came next morning, and opened the storehouse, they found he had eaten all the meat, except six small legs of mutton, one for each of his companions. Ashypaddle then went to the king, and said the storehouse was empty, and he supposed he could now have the princess. The king went into the storehouse, and sure enough it was quite empty. But Ashypaddle was still black and sooty, and the king thought it was really too bad that such a tramp should have his daughter. So he said he had a cellar full of beer and old wine, three hundred barrels of each kind, which he would have him drink first. "'I don't mind your having my daughter, if you can drink them up by this time to-morrow,' said the king. "'I suppose I must try,' said Ashypattle. "'But perhaps you don't mind my taking one of my crew with me?' "'Yes, you may do that,' said the king, for he was quite sure there was too much beer and wine, even for all seven of them. Ashypattle took with him the one who was always sucking the bung, and was always thirsty, and the king then shut them down in the cellar. There the thirsty one drank barrel after barrel, as long as there was any left, but in the last barrel he left a couple of pints to each of his companions. In the morning the cellar was opened, and Ashypattle went at once to the king, and said he had finished the beer and wine, and now he supposed he could have the princess, as the king had promised. "'Well, first I must go down to the cellar and see,' said the king, for he could not believe it. But when he got there, he found nothing but empty barrels. But Ashypattle was both black and sooty, and the king thought it wouldn't do for him to have such a son-in-law. So he said that if Ashypattle could get water from the end of the world in ten minutes for the princess's tea, he could have both her and half the kingdom, for he thought that task would be quite impossible. "'I suppose I must try,' said Ashypattle, and sent for the one of his crew who jumped about on one leg and had seven ton weights on the other, and told him he must take off the weights and use his legs as quickly as he could, for he must have water from the end of the world for the princess's tea in ten minutes. So he took off the weights, got a bucket, and set off, and the next moment he was out of sight. But they waited, and waited, and still he did not return. At last it wanted but three minutes to the time, and the king became as pleased as if he had won a big wager. Then Ashypattle called the one who could hear the grass grow, and told him to listen, and find out what had become of their companion. "'He has fallen asleep at the well,' said he who could hear the grass grow. "'I can hear him snoring, and a troll is scratching his head.' Ashypattle then called the one who could shoot to the end of the world, and told him to send a bullet into the troll. He did so, and hit the troll right in the eye. The troll gave such a yell that he woke the man who had come to fetch the water for the tea, and when he returned to the palace there was still one minute left out of the ten. Ashypattle went straight to the king, and said, Here is the water, and now he supposed he could have the princess, for surely the king would not make any more fuss about it now. But the king thought that Ashypattle was still just as black and sooty as ever, and did not like to have him for a son-in-law. So he said he had three hundred fathoms of wood, with which he was going to dry corn in the bakehouse, 
and he wouldn't mind Ashypattle having his daughter, if he would first sit in the bakehouse and burn all the wood. He should then have the princess, and that without fail. I suppose I must try, said Ashypattle. But perhaps you don't mind my taking one of my crew with me. Oh, no, you can take all six, said the king, for he thought it would be warm enough for all of them. Ashypattle took with him the one who had fifteen winters and seven summers in his body, and in the evening he went across to the bakehouse. But the king had piled up so much wood on the fire that you might almost have melted iron in the room. They could not get out of it, for no sooner were they inside than the king fastened the bolt and put a couple of padlocks on the door besides. Ashypattle then said to his companion, You had better let out six or seven winters, so that we may get something like summer weather here. They were then just able to exist, but during the night it got cold again, and Ashypattle then told the man to let out a couple of summers, and so they slept far into the next day. But when they heard the king outside, Ashypattle said, You must let out a couple more winters, but you must manage it so that the last winter you let out strikes the king right in the face. He did so, and when the king opened the door, expecting to find Ashypattle and his companion burned to cinders, he saw them huddling together and shivering with cold till their teeth chattered. The same instant, Ashypattle's companion, with the fifteen winters in his body, let loose the last one right in the king's face, which swelled up into a big chilblane. Can I have the princess now? asked Ashypattle. Yes, take her and keep her, and the kingdom into the bargain, said the king, who dared not refuse any longer. And so the wedding took place, and they feasted, and made merry, and fired off guns and powder. While the people were running about searching for wadding for their guns, they took me instead, gave me some porridge in a bottle, and some milk in a basket, and fired me right across here, so that I could tell you how it all happened. End of chapter 32